Hey, Shug, how you doing? What's up, man? We got Joel here, too. How you doing, Joel? What's up, guys? How y'all doing? It's pretty good. Uh, it's uh, July 4th, 2020. Shug be the Mooney. And uh, we have a few things uh, that we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, we're going to talk about Mad Men. Basically, uh, Mad Men was on Netflix, and uh, now they're going to be on Amazon. And with that, uh, something happened where uh, the tension was brought onto one of the episodes where they used blackface. They depicted blackface in one of the episodes. So some, it happened a lot recently where many shows in the last 20 years used blackface in their show in, like a, in a way that they chose to remove the, the whole episode from like, streaming services. But... Uh, but with Mad Men, the producers and the creators opted to keep this the episode with the blackface in, but they're going to use a disclaimer. Mm -hmm. And basically, there was a uh, a statement from either the producers or uh, Michael Weiner, right? Yeah, Matthew uh, Weiner. So Matthew Weiner, right? That's a different one, different uh, producer, I think. Uh, so basically, this is what this is the official statement that came out a couple of days ago when the announcement made that they were going to keep it in on the Amazon streaming service. This episode contains disturbing images related to race in America. Lionsgate, oh, this is Lionsgate actually. This is the people who distribute Mad Men, A AMC. Uh, one of the characters is shown in blackface as part of an episode that shows how commonplace racism was in America in 1963. In its reliance on historical authenticity, the series producers are committed to exposing the injustice, injustices and inequality, inequalities within our society that continue to this day so we can examine even the most painful parts of our history in order to reflect on who we are today and who we want to become. We are therefore presenting the original episode in its entirety. I'm going to pose this to Shug first. Uh, how do you feel about the, the disclaimer aspect of this? before we go talk about everything else. Yeah, so I got into Mad Men fairly, not fairly late. I got into it in between season three and season four. It was while I was in college, so I think I was home on break, so I would just um watch, like, stuff on demand. So they had the entire, like, season three on um on demand. So I watched season three and then became a fan from there onward. And I always used to tell Mike that I, I wanted to watch the first two seasons. And I kept on putting it off on up until um, a few months ago when it was announced they were pulling it off Netflix. So I had to, like, you know, watch those seasons now or never. And I came across the episode of uh, Old Country Home. It was a 4th of July party, right? No, it was Kentucky Derby. Well, I'm going to get into that. Uh, I, I read the whole background on why they used it in the Kentucky Derby. Because, mm -hmm. like, you know, in May, they have the um, – it's big yeah, in the right. South. And, yeah, yeah, the Kentucky Derby. So, I, I tried to find out what what that what that meant. Like, why – was that, like, a thing they did? But I couldn't find anything. But we'll get back into that after. It should continue. Yeah, so I came across that episode in my, like, binge watch. And I actually – well before all of this, I had took a picture of it and I DM'd Mike with it. And I was like, what the hell? Like, because it, it it shocked me. <laughs> but um, Yeah, it was, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like that was like two weeks ago, a couple weeks ago only, right? Yeah, like right before they took it off on on Netflix. So it was it was new to me, yeah, which is weird because like, a lot of or, things we talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of things we talk about we already that are in the news we already talked about in the past. You know, so it's just interesting that things. Yeah, but about. this was like before because I disclaimer or the announcement that they were putting it on Amazon or IMDb TV. That was just a couple of days ago, so I, I I brought it up again with Mike because it's funny how like two weeks later, um, something from an episode from like ten years ago is is relevant now. But um, I've been back and forth with it. The character is Roger Sterling, and just to give some background on him, he was uh the the company the ad company that's the basis of the show was called Sterling Cooper uh, initially. And it goes on and has different names and different partners, but his father was a founding member. So he's uh, Sterling, Roger Sterling is partners with Burt Cooper, who's a original founding member, but Roger Sterling is basically, he inherited uh, Sterling Cooper or his partnership in Sterling Cooper. So it's not like it's something he built. So He's definitely characterized as a a rich um brat. Um if you think of like Donald Trump's uh sons, you know, that's that's what Roger Sterling is. So the thing about Mad Men is the show is so intricate in its um depiction of the era that uh, I was telling Mike the other day that they would look up weather reports to know exactly what the weather was, not only that day, but down to like that hour and that minute. You know, if it was sunny, like it's going to be sunny. If it was raining during that time, it was raining. So it was really intricate. And the show wasn't meant to like glorify uh, these things. The main character of the show, Don Draper, the, the whole arc of the series for him is just him putting on a show to fit in to this world of misogyny and subtle and sometimes upfront racism so it's all part of the show and as far as i'm concerned me and joel talked about it a while back um with quentin tarantino's use of the n-word i can't speak to like pulp fiction um where it's used and jackie brown and um reservoir dogs you know these movies that are set in current uh, at the time, the, the the present day, but as far as like Django and Hateful Eight, you know, these were eras where black people were seen as cattle and property, so people didn't even think of them as people, so of course they would use the N-word, of course they would call them all kind of nasty names and be dehumanizing to them. It's just um, the historical accuracy of the thing, and I, I, I rather have that I rather have that that honesty as far as um historical tradition than just whitewashing it. And another thing about Mad Men is whenever they involve like non wasp or um non white characters, they would uh whenever they would have those type of characters, it, it would always be done in a way to reflect the ignorance of the era. So it wasn't always in jest, or it wasn't, you right, know, because totally. a lot of shows, um, they simply just ignore the fact that black people exist. 
um like I watched um League of Their Own um a few times over the last couple of days so you know MLB Network has been showing um baseball movies every now and again so it had one scene you know this whole movie is about like girl you know women playing baseball while men were at war and Penny Marshall God rest her soul she included a part where you know the there was a color barrier in Major League Baseball, but there was also a color barrier in the um in the girls' league, and it showed a black woman like a ball got away from a player, and a black woman picked up the ball and just like threw it like threw a dart like uh, a a uh, frozen world like you know a hundred feet away, and it was an interesting. Thing, it, it's interesting that she included that in the movie, whereas a lot of movies would just be like, well, it's about white people, so we're just going to have white people in it. Too many things at once. One one, one, uh, one topic at a time. No, but, uh, uh, Shug, you hit on the same exact points that I was going to bring up, so I will I will do my twist on it, too. It's, it's, it's the same, but it's a little different. Yeah, my bad. So my point, some of my points just oh, lend I mean, themselves me- to another one. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I'm saying, but me, like me and you, uh, we we talk about Madman at nauseum, mm-hmm. and um, like the, the whole thing with uh, Roger Sterling, he he is like the embodiment of uh, the, the wasp, and like the like he's he's second generation money, so he didn't earn it. Um, he relied on one account for like thirty twenty five years, whatever. Yeah, and they and did some really left. nasty things to keep that account. I was always like a relevant uh, well, plot point in the whole show. Hey. We could, yeah. That's so. That's one of the weirdest. Uh, if fans of, of people who don't know, haven't watched Mad Men, just got never got it got resolved. I mean, it got like it, there was no closure to it. I thought maybe they would bring it back, but we'll get into that another time. But basically, what I'm saying is that me and you had very similar takes. I'm gonna uh, come back to it after me, but I'm gonna hear what Joel has to say because uh, Joel, you watched the episode, right? Yes, I haven't seen Mad Men yet, like done the whole series, but I've seen that episode. Yeah, so basically the episode, um, there's three there's three storylines in the episode. One is the Kentucky Derby, where Don Draper um, brings his wife to a, I guess it's probably like Long Island or like Connecticut or something like that. They go to a party, and it's the Kentucky Derby, which is like, if everyone knows like when you go to the thing, they have the, the hats and everything, they have all these traditions. But Don, Don Draper's there, he feels uncomfortable. We'll, we'll get into that too. But the other storyline is that uh, Don Draper's daughter steals money, and basically they they imply like she's implying that well they think that the the um, housekeeper took it who was a black woman, so that's the other storyline. And I'm trying to figure out like how that played into it, but I couldn't really figure out any connection to it. And then there's another storyline where it's more like the women's uh, rights era. I couldn't really get connected to that too with the blackface, so. Joel, what'd you think of the use of the blackface in this episode? Because I couldn't really find, aside from just showing up, this whole tradition of not mocking, but I don't know what the word is. I want to feel. I want to know your opinion on this, Joel. Please. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like Shabon said. Like it was accurate at that time frame. That's you know they had even before that it was minstrel shows. That's how you know they instead of having black people it was white people in blackface playing black actors. So that's, you know, that was accurate. And it's just a lot of TV shows, honestly, from like then. I, like uh, the Golden Girls, for example, 
I heard lately they're going to remove some episodes from the Golden Girls because there's an episode and the Golden Girls is, you know, everybody's seen that. There's going to be a lot of these TV shows that they're going to look back on and they're going to see blackface episodes on it. It's just the nature of how things was back then. And another one of my favorite TV shows or series, All in the Family, that touched on everything. Mm-hmm. The scene was, like I said, I've just seen it so many times, kind of like I was just numb to it, honestly. It's like, and I did even more research, like the song, My Old Kentucky Home that was singing, was actually, well, according to Frederick Douglass, where I, you know, I did my research on him, he felt like that was like an anti-slavery song. So it was kind of like, who knows what's going on right now. That's just, you know, when I did my research. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of shows um, that you look back on and it was like, that, oh, oh that, that that was troubling, um, looking back on it. Um, at the time, maybe they thought they were being, like, progressive by showing it and showing that these characters were foolish in their ways. That's the whole difference between the Mad Men situation with other shows that are actually taking out uh, episodes. Like, uh, there's an episode of Community, I believe, they took out. 30 Rock, they took out. Uh, in the UK and Ireland, they took out Always Sunny. One of the episodes where they used uh, the lethal weapon, Blackface. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that was used more in the, the whole, like, Tropic Thunder way. But um, even at that, in the last 20 years, it was more of, like, a shock. Uh, like, they used the, in the guise of satire. They basically, like, oh, let's, this is funny, but let's say that it's, it's a satire. We're making fun of people who think this way. So that's why I think it's... I'm like, as like objectively speaking, and as someone not of color, I'm like, okay, I understand them taking those out. But Mad Men, I appreciate them keeping it, just doing the disclaimer. Cause yeah, yeah cause it just plays into the tradition of the show, and it speaks to the um the character of Roger Sterling, of um just how ignorant and how um nonchalant he was and and the silver spoon that he grew up in that he, he was probably shielded from you know the plate of african americans or non-white not even just non-white but uh non-rich people people who were poor or poorer than he was you know he was ignorant to it and i think it showcases that because I was questioning why would john slattery even like agree to do that but you know if you're committed to the craft you know, you have to do something like that. Yeah, that's another thing. That, like, the actors who have to actually play those roles must have a hard time. Yeah, because, like, it's Leonardo DiCaprio, you know Leonardo DiCaprio is probably, like, the furthest thing from racist, but he has, you know, in order for him to to tap in and and really um show his skill as an actor, because basically acting is just you... Uh, submitting yourself to another personality, so you have to you have to to challenge the challenge for actors is to um do things that are uncomfortable and and bring emotions out of people that you yourself wouldn't bring out as yourself. So that's why I think like keeping it in uh make makes sense as far as Mad Men is concerned because I feel like if you're gonna have these things. Um, going forward, you know, with a disclaimer, that, that provides context. If you have context, then it makes sense. If you're just doing it to to be funny or just be ignorant, it's it's, it's not fruitful. Yeah, it's like um, 
It's like with the Roger Sterling thing. We were talking about how he embodied that, like the he's like the symbol of wealth and the Wasp and all that, and like American wealth. His character. So basically, any episode on Mad Men, you're gonna have to say Roger Sterling does this, and it's like anti anti Semitism. He is a war veteran who doesn't like uh, Japanese. Uh, there's a whole episode about that. Um, you know, anti women because the whole point of the show is how Mad Men created uh, the idea of like Americana and like America. Um, so like they 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 sell they sell merchandise to women yet. While they're doing it, they're like grabbing the secretary's ass and uh, I'll call your girl and I'll call my girl. Whole, you know, you know, I'll call your girl. And they use like the like the meaning words that in our eyes now, mm-hmm. which is not that long ago. My mother worked in an office and it was like it was like that. She told me that. Um, so basically, every episode you're gonna have to say, "Well, Mad Men is this type of show." Like, all right, but if going into the show, you know that this is this is what you're gonna get in the 1960s. The whole point of the show is transition from. The, um, this this idea that they made after World War II into like the seventies where things cultures clash, you know, and then then you have like more of uh, going the last generation, basically like that. You know? Yeah, and then um, if you watch the show, they had a character Dawn who Dawn, who was a um, secretary, a uh, black secretary, like the first black secretary when um, I believe it was brought upon because uh, one of the um, partners put out an ad for like equal opportunity or something like that during the civil rights act and <laughs> the press was on them to hire a black person and um by the end of the show uh she becomes like the office manager and you know shows her as a strong like black woman character two things if you'd been watching the show from the beginning, you wouldn't expect by like the end of the series. That's a great point. We actually talked about this. Um, me and Chuck, we talked about it where uh, it's it's like the, in the long run, like it's generational. Remember we talked about that? About, uh, yeah. I think it was during the bubble. Yeah, so basically like um, uh, Joan started off as like, like a Marilyn Monroe character in the 40s and 50s where like they kept her around because she looked good. And then by the end, she was running the office. And then, then, then Dawn became the next one it's all generational so um that's another aspect of the show that's great and the thing uh, with, with re-watching a show on uh, not to cut you off but the okay. thing with re-watching a show as a poll and putting together what i had already seen and what I, I finally saw like you know the series like seasons three till the end that i watched like don draper was my favorite character but as I watched like the whole series and I put everything together, like Peggy Olsen is my favorite character on that show from where she started and where she ended. So it, it, it I think the, the point of the show is just to show the progression of society. You can't like, things can't be stagnant, you know, th- things can't be stagnant and you can't be uh, trying to go back to your old ways. Like the whole thing about America is just moving and moving on and moving forward. And, you know, it, it's like when Donald Trump says, make America great again, it's like, what do you want to go back to this era in the 1960s where offices were playing grab ass and basically sleeping with your se- secretary or sleeping with the new girl was like a rite of passage. Yeah, and it's also manufactured. 
Make America Great Again is manufactured same as it was with the Mad Men with creating this is what it means to be American. Like it's all it's Madison Avenue. It's like advertising. It's like a you know. Um, but going back also with Donald Draper, yeah, he's he's still my favorite character because the first something I saw it three times, and the first time I watched it when it was still on the air was season four. Actually, I started watching it during season four, um, and then I watched it again a couple years ago. Then I watched it again like two months ago, or during this whole lockdown. But Donald Draper, interesting point, uh, um, or idea, I, I was thinking about watching the whole uh, Kentucky Derby scene. Yeah, yeah. Donald Draper feels uncomfortable because, like, he's pretending, like, he's, he's, his whole thing, he has a facade. Uh, Madman is all about facades, like, and he has a facade where he is a, a d- dapper, you know, dapper guy and everything, but he's, he's actually a Dust Bowl depression, like, poor white, white kid that, like, got his way in. And he's, like, living, all, like, he's, like, pretending to be living amongst these people. And uh, there's a whole thing going on in the last couple of weeks, especially during the whole like June, um, the protests and everything. Where I see, mm-hmm. um, like, if you don't say anything, you're like you're compliant. Like you're you're like you're compliant in like the yeah, silence is acceptance. Systematic racism. So Don Draper didn't do it. He just stood there and walked away. So basically, he's like the character that's like, I see the racism. I'm not saying anything. I'm not doing anything. I'm gonna go in the bar and just forget about it. That's another thing that came to my mind watching that scene. Like, he's just like, he could do something, but he doesn't, you know? Yeah. It's a very deep show. And Joel, anything else about the episode? About that scene and those scenes in particular? Uh, just the uh, other thing I noticed in the blackface scene is everybody's just seems so, again, other than Don Draper, right? Don Draper, that's his name? Yes. Yeah, other than him, everybody, everybody was just so comfortable with the fact. And that's just disturbing, too. Like, nobody other than probably two people in there didn't just seem disturbed at all like it was just so natural so normal it was like entertainment and that's just the sad thing about it too is that people really see the saw seeing this as entertainment and it's really not it's just a mockery right yeah actually the other character yeah the other character was campbell you notice that campbell felt uncomfortable too yeah for some reason Did you see it was that? only like really like i've seen like two don draper and campbell I know, like, I, mean, I haven't really seen the, the series. I don't know their names by heart, but I just yeah, remember yeah. seeing, like, two. And that's just, like, horrible. And there was a whole party in broad daylight, mind you. It wasn't even, like, in a theater. It was outside, like, outdoors, barbecue. That's right. Insane. Right. And then in the, um, the press, the official press statement, they used the word commonplace. And, of course, these people aren't common. They're, like, the wealthy of the wealth. Like, like uh, Shug said that, uh, Roger Sterling pretty much represent. He's like kind of like Don Jr. They're not normal. That's not commonplace. But um, the, I went. I go to people's like family, not family, but like friends, like grandmothers' places, and they would have like little trinkets, and it's like like blackface things, and like uh, like the mammies and all that stuff. I'm like, what the hell is this? Why is this here? Like they, that's so bizarre to me. But like, I guess it was like a, a novelty. It was like a fun thing to do. I guess it's the same with like Native Americans, especially now. In the last couple of days, a lot of Native American things are coming up, but having like like Native American like uh, photos and all that, like it just it seemed weird to me. But uh, I guess it actually was like a yeah. Common, when you say it's um amongst like the rich, remember these are the people. It just goes to show you how systematic racism is because these are the people, the people that were in that party were um the affluent and people with political power 
Betty's um future husband was at that party and he was like the right hand man to Nelson Rockefeller, who was like the governor of um New York at the time. And if if that's the if if that kind of stuff was okay with like somebody who has the governor's ear, like it's fine. Like what do you think Nelson Rockefeller was doing for blacks and minorities during that time? It makes you think. Yeah, and it's also great. Just um, we're all local New Yorkers, so the whole show takes place in New York. It's another great thing too. The whole history of like the mayoral, uh, but they have like Lindsay later on, and um, there's a lot, of, a lot of things that happen in the show that things about New York City that um, I always write about, but no, seen it happen, like portrayed in like a show. Always, uh, always was great. Yeah. So um, when we talk about making a mockery of um, people and their cultures. Uh, what we have next, we will dive into that as far as what's going on with sports. All right, so uh, the Washington Redskins are starting to finally uh, feel the pressure of society as far as changing their name. Uh, Daniel Snyder, Snyder, the team's owner, has been very... Um, has basically held his ground to keep the name and I don't really understand like the reasoning for it. He's never made that clear. I guess like the, the cop out is that um, your fans are used to like the traditions and the history and what, what, you know, what have you. And they released a statement after Nike pulled their um, apparel from their, from Nike's website and FedEx, who's a major sponsor of theirs and owns the naming rights to their stadium, has requested that they change the name. So they put out a statement saying they will, um, that they were going to look into it, so to speak, uh, which is basically to me it's posturing because uh what do you need to look into it's already been everything that needs to be discussed as far as the redskins um name has already been discussed a lot of news outlets uh don't even use the name redskins they would use the washington nfl club or the washington football team uh they don't even use the name and it's you know how do you not find that name uh offensive how is that in any way right they say dc yeah. club the dc uh nfl team or dc nfl team they say mm -hmm. yeah. well how Our is that it. how is that name uh any type of praise towards native americans uh so what do, what do you guys think about that and i'm changing the name or the the the, the basically the the um the team and the owner standing his ground in in not changing the name. I like it. It's, it's just a long time coming. They should change the name. They should change the, you know, the, the mascot or what is it, the emblem, like the Cleveland Indians. They, I believe they took Wahoo, man, I believe it's called. Chief they Wahoo. took him, you know, Chief Wahoo. They took his image off or starting to take his image off the hats. So I don't see why the Redskins are way behind on this. Like, change the name. It's just the name. Like, they're going by, like you said, DC Club. And I don't see how that sounds any bad. That doesn't sound bad to me. I will go by that name. 
Redskin is obviously a real bad slang term for Native American. Yeah, it's a slur. It's offensive. It's a slur. Mike? It's disparaging. Well, uh, I'm going to let you guys jump back into it, but... um... They made a joke about that. Not a joke, but they were like implying. Remember in the we talked about the Confederate States of America. Yeah. So they had uh, the New York N words, uh, and they said like they said the word. You know, remember so they were basically saying like the Redskins is the same as saying the New York. And it was like that. They used the N word. Yeah. Just to yeah. just to, just to drive it in home, where um, you know. Just just to provide context, the. Washington Redskins actually started in uh, Boston. Uh, they shared the name with, you know, the Boston Braves, who are now the Atlanta Braves. And for some reason, they felt like that name wasn't racist enough, and they changed the name to the Redskins. And they had a owner um, up until the 1960s, George Preston Marshall, who refused, refused to integrate the team. Um, he was only forced to finally uh, draft a black player or or acquire black players after RFK and JFK, the president and the attorney general at the time, they held the lease to RFK Stadium. Well, I guess it was something else um, before it was renamed RFK Stadium. But RFK Stadium, the location, they held the lease uh the president and and um the government did so they pressured him into into um acquiring black players and integrating the team or else he would be without a place to play a large stadium such as our one so the the team and actually they removed um a memorial to him outside of um, FedEx Field, where the Redskins play now. So they've already acquiesced to society and the racism of their past. So it's you know that's that's one step, but it's time for you to take that huge leap. Which is funny though, because like going back when I used to grow up watching the old uh, Super Bowl things, I always thought Redskins was like kind of like a black team. I was like, oh, yeah. remember what, uh, what, uh, who was the quarterback that won the Super Doug Bowl? Doug Williams. So Doug Williams, yeah, I know, I knew it was Doug Williams. I just want to see if uh, you can bring it up. So Doug Williams, yeah. So I always thought that they were like just just from watching the highlights from that the, the whole like era, the late eighties, early nineties, and. Um, I, I I had no idea until last night that they had this whole other history going back before this that where they were forced to do something. But uh, I think with money, uh, money backers, that's how you force a, a major corporation to make changes. Yeah, then, a large inf- and, uh, investment they, firm, firms have have told you know the companies that sponsor them that you know listen, you're gonna face a financial backlash if you don't ask them to change the name. If you keep your name associated with this team, like you're going to lose money going forward. Yeah. So basically I always say that it's green, the color green. You know, just like the the money thing is what makes things move. Mm-hmm. So it's been happening a lot. So the same thing with like the streaming services and everything, it's all about forcing companies to make changes. And then that, 
kind of trickles down into like society and like people's way of thinking. So, but not, uh, I don't know. I think not, that the, the mm-hmm. with the Redskins too. I, I like. Are you af- trying to offend people that are insecure? That like, wait, I I've been following a team my whole life. I'm, th- I'm 35 years old or I'm 40 years old. I've been following a team. Does that make me racist? Because I like the Redskins. Does that make me racist? Or is it because people are like, no, 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 like let's keep this, let's keep it this way because I believe this, like that, like like anti Native American thing. I think people are afraid of change. I think they're in, they're nervous that like if things change and then their whole like idea of like their whole fanhood is altered, where. Um, oh yeah, I, I I thought these things, you know. But I think people should just just relax and just let it go and just realize that there's other people, not just you. There's other experiences, not in your own experience. Like, and then then when you once you realize that, then you're like, okay, I understand now. Now I can I can like, okay, I I'm on board now. I can I can understand. And then my thing with like them holding on to the name or the legacy or the history and stuff like that. Like, do you forget? Uh, where the team's uh, stadium is? Do you forget your way to the stadium? If you change their uniform, yeah. like how many teams change their uniforms and logos all the time, except the name? But they change their uniforms and logos. Like, do you um, do you forget who they are? Like, that never happens. Like, well, the Jets I... just change their uniforms. <laughs> like, people still go to the game and say J E T S Jets Jets Jets, and they still support their team. Well, I had an uncle in uh, the Carolinas, and he was a he was a Hornet fan. And then they changed the Bobcats, and he was like, "What? Like he didn't know where to go. He was he was confused. It's two different animals, you know." But yeah, I that's a great point. Um, I think it's just like a a fear. It's a fear of change. People that are comfortable, but they they have a fear of change, and I think in the long run, it would be better for everyone. But I think it's a vocal minority that are anti it. Same exact thing as uh, many other of the sports topics we're, we're talking, we've been talking about. Where NASCAR, we talked about Bubble Wallace, they, they sided with progressive and like the future. Uh, NFL uh, with, with the Snyder, he, for some reason, he's always been like the little shit heel in like the NFL this isn't a new thing. Like I know it's been going on for decades, but even like in high school, they were going to change it. They were, they, they changed the logo for a while. They had an R, but their, their R logo. Yeah. Same with the Indians that we'll talk about maybe later. Yeah. Probably. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Yeah. So um. basically they changed, they changed like a, like a secondary logo, but it's still part of their franchise. You can still buy like Chibahu. You can still buy the, you can still uh, buy throwbacks. Yeah, yeah, throwbacks. Yeah, yeah. But my thing is with um, I hate to use the cliche, but what do you have to lose? Like the Washington, like we, me and you are Giants fans. Joel said he don't, he doesn't really uh follow football like that. But we're Giants fans. Like the Washington Redskins have been an afterthought in the NFC East for at least twenty or thirty years. Like they've made the playoffs like a couple of times, but. They're they're the the one team in the division that's the furthest away from their last Super Bowl appearance. Like the Cowboys have been in Super Bowl a lot more recent than they are. 
than they have been. So what do you have to lose? Like, if you bring in a new look and a new personality to your franchise, you know, that puts you in the news. People are talking about you. Like, you could bring out, like, they, they brought out, like, all of these new uniforms, like the Rams' new logo. People were shitting on it for weeks. And they were talking about the Rams. And the Falcons brought out, like, crappy uniform. And they were talking about it for weeks. So it's stupid things like that that keeps your, your, your thing relevant. But at this point, if they do change the name, all of this, like, how staunch and stubborn they were to do it is going to take away from when they eventually inevit- inevitably do it now. Because by the time they release the new name and they release the new colors and a new logo and all of this stuff, everybody, all people is going to remember, all people are going to remember is how uh, hard it was, how much of a hard time they gave society in making them change. Exactly. And like, I'm like, I don't trust corporations and all that stuff. That's my thing. I'm still a capitalist, but I don't, I don't trust corporations. So I think they would jump on it to make money, you know? Yeah. So like, if they, you know, but, but they're not jumping on it. So basically, so you go from like the tier of being progressive, then you go to the tier of, okay, you're going to take my money away, then I'll do it. Now you're in the third tier. Now, what the hell are you like hiding? Like, what the hell is like? Why at this third? Because it's just it's this like, whole third inferno of hell. Like, why are you doing this? Because it's like what I just said. Like, the only thing relevant about that team over the last thirty years is its battle with the indigenous people of this country, as far as changing its name from this slur. It's a slur, like. It's not like at least like you know the Warriors or the Braves, Braves. yeah. Like um, it's it's or the Blackhawks. It's like all right, you're talking about like a tribe or something. Um, as far as their um, as respect, you know something respectfully. Yeah, in, in, in a way, you're talking about how uh people. Uh, who've drove, who've, who have driven these people from their homes have um, characterized them as redskins or, or, or this on the third. And it's just like in 2020, how, you know, the fact that you have to do some kind of um, internal research or uh, things of that nature to decide whether or not you should change it. Like somebody made the joke that they hired like a consultant or they, 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 hire, they hire a consultant for this, right? You know, that dude's probably going to make, like, his his easiest, like, check ever mm-hmm. because you could just walk in there and be like, all right, so what are we looking at? Changing the name? What's your name? Oh, Redskins? All right, that's racist. All right, my bill's <laughs> going to be in the mail um, in a yeah. few weeks, you know? Notary public. I'm going to sign my check. Um, Joel, what do you think about this? I was like, um, like I said earlier... It's a long time coming. Like when I looked up like the deep history of the word Redskin, like I even just coming on, I'm saying Redskins just like sounds bad now. So like that's like you said, that's like saying N word. That's how bad it is. They need to just change the name already. Like it's just like so they just so stuck on preserving like the history, which mind you, even if they do change the name, it's always gonna go back to. Redskins, your history is going to trace back to that. That's like literally the history. So even if they do change the name, 
everybody's going to know you were once known as the Redskins. So what's the point? Like, obviously, it's annoying. It's really offensive. Just change the name and call it a day. It's not yeah. that hard. It's 2020. I'm like, exactly. where's the, where's well, the that's, that's the problem. It's 2020, that is. Well, no, it, it's 2020. It's, it's 2020. problem. It's 2020, but if you go back into probably summer of 1968, 69, 1970, you had uh, Native American uh, groups taking over Mount, not taking over, but like protesting at Mount Rushmore, and that happened this weekend. You had uh, Mexican Americans taking over uh, places in LA, and then like Alcatraz, they took over too. Someone took over that. Like it's bizarre. It's like Trump and Nixon. It's like, it's a fucking. Uh, it's a bad yeah, dream. It's like, a bad dream. We're doing the yeah, same thing over and over again. Okay, so then uh, another team has, I guess, re, you know, they, they had a Calvary coming. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, the no, Cleveland Indians ha- had put a, out a statement saying that they were going to change their, their – they were going to look into changing their name as well because obviously, you know, once the Redskins uh, do it, you know, it's going to be them. Then it's gonna be the Braves. Then it's gonna be the Blackhawks. I think the Golden State Warriors are safe because they don't even really use um, Native American imagery in their stuff. Like they haven't done that since like the '60s. Yeah, I thought about that too. I go, wait a minute. I double checked on the Boston Braves. I go, wait a minute. Did they start off as like a Native American thing? And then the, yes, they did. I thought maybe they they started off as like a, a Braves and then they became Native American. But no, they were Native American themed. Then they started doing Ultra America like flag thing, and then they went super racist with the whole other character that we'll maybe talk about the other mascot they had, and like the right before they went to uh, Milwaukee. Yeah, so like um, but that's the whole thing is like what you're like. I joked around about we showed yesterday about the Yankees being like a slur. It was a joke, you know. Um, but basically, like <laughs> I wasn't in a mood for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know that. I know when to back down. Uh-huh. I know. So then I go, um, but like you know, there's like nicknames, and then there's animals, and then there's like local thing, whatever. But like the, the whole like, I don't know where the where, where the origin of Native American, where do they fall in? Is it pride? No, I don't think so. Is it location? Yes, they were there. Um, or is it just them equating it to? Like the like animal thing, like I, that's that's so I always wondered, like where where the uh, inception of using Native American as like a mascot came from. Okay, anyway. so just to give some background on the Cleveland Indians name, in the earlier part of the 20th century, they had uh, a few different names. The most prominent were the Cleveland Spiders, and then it was the Cleveland Naps after Nap uh, Lashway who was their best player. So it would be as if, like, the Yankees changed their name to, like, the New York Judges, you know. So when he retired, they decided it it wouldn't make sense to have his name as the team name. So in place – so this is a quote from the Cleveland Leader, an article uh, from January of 1915. In place of the Naps – We'll have the Indians on the warpath all the time and eager for scalps to dangle at their belts. So they use the name Indians in the same way you'd use like panther or bear or gator, just like a a ferocious 
like vicious animal and we're talking about a group of people here so inherently your name is built off of uh racist ideology yeah i brought it up before yeah but basically you're equating it to a uh, animalistic inhuman you know like you know it's not the same as like a nickname for a town it's Mm. You're equating it. That's what I was saying before. Like you're equating it to an animal, a beast, which is uh, the whole problem with this. And then on top of that, you have with the football, you have like a you have a slur. But with the Indians, you just have a uh, improper term for a group of people. I know. And if you think about it, right, it all starts from somebody. Uh, being ignorant and being in denial because Christopher Columbus came to land that, you know, historians have already proven had already been discovered for one. He was looking for India. He landed here. He saw the indigenous tribes, uh, did awful things to those tribes, but he still referred to them as Indians. And that has carried on for centuries on and all these teams ha- and all the Indi- all the indigenous people have to show for it. Well, Columbus has a holiday. Indigenous people have teams with these uh, nasty names and they use as na- as mascots and they use very racist imagery uh, in order to market them. You know, and I, that's that's the imbalance here. Yeah. Um... I remember you, you made that you made that point, uh, so I wanted to bring it up too. So uh, I, I really appreciated what you, that point you made. Um, yeah, but what about them going back? Like, it, like, is it should they do a new a new name a new new franchise or just go back to begin to the beginning with the Indians the uh, Cleveland team? Why not go back to the Spiders? Like the, the Toronto, uh, or just go something different? Maybe maybe Joel, like you, uh, you, said, you said the Naps. Yeah, go back to the Naps. Like, it was named after your best player. Like, hello. Like, yeah, somebody like the, was to name the New York Jeters, I would not be mad. Yeah, and like the, the Browns. The, the Browns were named after Paul Brown, the, the head coach. So yeah. that, that, that's not a bad idea. But I like Spiders because the Toronto Raptors, right, they um were founded in – they were created in 93, <laughs> and then they uh, yeah, began – they began play in 1995. So it was, uh, you know, Jurassic Park was a popular movie <laughs> during the time. And yeah. if you look at like the, the past couple of years with, you know, Tom Holland, Spider-Man and um, oh, the Avengers and <laughs> wow. um, the video game, Spider-Man and the Into the Spider-Verse, like Spider-Man is popular. So you could capitalize on that. And they already have. They could keep their colors. Uh, they already have uniforms that just say Cleveland on them. It don't. It doesn't even say Indians anymore. Yeah, well, some of them like, do. Some of them do. But the yeah, main like, uniform doesn't say it. Like, um, it's it's great. It's easy. It's not easy, but it's like um, it's more useful to go back because uh, we have so much uh, technology to like find the history. You could also do like a new thing, a completely brand new history. At the same time, you think, oh, well, what about our history as, like, this prior team? You can't do a 900 number, that type of thing, or an email thing. Um, 
I don't know. Like, um, what know, else is in there in Cleveland? Or like, something, you know? Yeah, but like, what else is there to do in Cleveland? Like, like as a what's but the history of Cleveland? But but several teams they usually uh, name themselves after like minor league teams or teams that used to be there. Like the Marlins, uh, the Florida Marlins at the time were named after the Miami Mar the Miami Marlins from way back when. The Colorado Rockies were named after the hockey team, the Colorado Rockies. Um, so a lot of these teams take their old names. Uh, when they move different places um, or their expansion teams and and things of that nature. So, you know, like me and Joel saying, like, Spiders or the Naps, like, those are names you could just go back to. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I think I was telling you, Shrek, that where I had a – I used to love looking up old history and old uh, franchises and defunct franchises. And it's surprising when you find out that – a team, like a major league team, based themselves off of uh, like a A ball team from like fifty years earlier, like something like that. Like, it's very interesting because like yeah. you, I don't live in Cleveland. There's a history of it, you know. So we'll see. I think um, I think this is since there's no sports, and and then all this is going on. I think this is the perfect opportunity for changes to be made. Yeah, and it's, it's a perfect storm. It's a it's a perfect storm. And it's funny because when there were sport, sports, people would complain about sports being politicized and take the politics out of sports. But now that's basically all you could talk about. There aren't any games. So I think that's why all of these issues as far as like, you know, terrible name choices and wanting to change names are coming into play. And if you're the Braves, the Blackhawks, the Seminoles, like you, you might really want sports to come back because you, you guys are, are prohibitively on deck. What for some reason? For some reason, years ago, I heard the Seminoles. Like I know they use the same excuse for the Indians. They say the same excuse for the Redskins, but like the Seminoles is like a name of a tribe. Like that's what they were saying. Like it's the name of a tribe. Is that derogatory? Like a name of a tribe. Like, I don't know, like, that's what they were, like, that, I remember years ago, this, like, 10 years ago, I think in late 2000s, they brought up uh, changing the name of the uh, Washington NFL team. So, like, there we go. That's, like, the jersey, it says, from last season, so they actually do have Indians still on their jersey. Oh, Chief Indians, Wahoo of course, yeah. Chief Wahoo was on, it's just a C now. Yeah. You saw by the Wahoo hat, though. But, uh, yeah, yeah, so, it's, like... It's their secondary uniform. I think, uh... Yeah, I mean... I mean, it's up to, like, the... It's up to the majority, like, of people, you know, like, public... I mean, why would you continue to do something that uh, is offending most of the population? It's, you know, and, of course, all the corporations are, you know, like, it's capitalism, so... And then, um, like, no, no offense to to you, Mike. And I know you do, you you don't feel these way, but if you're white and you're opposed to these changes, like, <laughs> shut up and listen, like, because it's not your your battle. Like, the yeah, a couple years majority. ago, a couple years ago, Bomani Jones, uh, Michael probably look up the picture, but Bomani Jones was on ESPN. He's an ESPN um personality, 
and he was wearing a shirt and it was done in the same style as the Cleveland Indians uh, back, uh, with, with like a chief Wahoo, but instead it was like a white person and it said Caucasians instead of Indians. And like people called up ESPN complaining and it just showed the irony of it. Like for this guy being on ESPN from like 10 in the morning to like one in the afternoon, upset people so much but how do you feel these different native american uh tribes feel every day when their um their their heritage and their mockery is being marketed and put out and you have people wearing face paints and head masks at these games and stuff like that it's, it's insulting so for that 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 three hour period that he was wearing that shirt you know, people felt what these people have been feeling for like the last like century and then some. So that's why I would say like, you know, if you're not Native American and you're opposed to this, like, you know, you, you, you really shouldn't have like a say in this to begin with because you can't, you can't tell people what to be offended by. If they're offended, they're offended. Right, and then uh, if if you look it up, the it, it's it's the same exact Wahoo, but it's the the colors different, and instead of the feather, it's a money, it's a dollar sign or the money sign. Yeah. So it's just I remember that happened. Yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, so like you get you get like an ounce of discomfort. You get an ounce of oh, I I gotta do this now. We've we've been seeing this in the last four months. Oh, I have to do this. Oh and yeah, yes, yes, yes. They, and they, and then like the white people like flip out and stuff, and it's just like, all right, you get it, you get it now. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe, um, like the beginning of 2021, we're gonna start seeing more changes. I don't think anything's really gonna happen this year with like with the uh, NFL and all that. Yeah, I, I don't think they're gonna change the name. I mean, this season they'll probably announce a name change, and then by the end of the season they'll release the logos and the colors and all that stuff because they probably already have, like, you know, the ball rolling as far as this season, you know, should it be played um, as far as, you know, COVID allows it to be. But just to wrap this up, what's what's everybody's vote for a name change for both teams? So I'm going to go with for Washington, uh, the Redskins, uh, the Washington Red Tails, like the Tuskegee, the Tuskegee Airmen, um, have some fighter, some um, 1940s World War II planes as a logo. You could keep the colors. I've seen a lot of people doing mock-ups on Twitter, so mm-hmm. you know it's an interesting idea. And for Cleveland, I like the idea of the spider because um, not too many teams are named after like spiders, but everybody's afraid of them. Everybody. Oh, wants to kill mm-hmm. one when they see him. They love the superhero Spider-Man. So they could do a lot of interesting things as far as, you know, uh, uniforms and logos and stuff. So that interests me. Joel? Yeah, I agree with you on the Indians, but they're going with the Naps. Cleveland Napoleons, even better. Cleveland Napoleons. That yeah. sounds awesome right there. You got Napoleon... How many Napoleons? Obviously, the famous Napoleon. You got Napoleon Dynamite. You got <laughs> like, uh, like, well, it's not. I was about to say, um, the ice cream, but that's Neapolitan. 
I used to always read it as Napoleon ice cream too. Yeah, I thought it was Napoleon. What about the Redskins? Yeah. What, 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 what I, I guess I, uh, football. I don't like. I don't even follow. I don't even like. It's just just changing the name. That's just racist. Like, whatever you call your, whatever <laughs> See, they call they, themselves is. That's it right there. It's just racist. Just no, change no, it. <laughs> it. The long procession. Joel walks up to the podium. <laughs> taps on the neck. It's racist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my, my thing I'm is keeping it simple. You 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 obviously you guys are already said it and everything, but if I'm gonna go like different with it, if I'm gonna go with a national company, corporation, global at at to to an extent, they don't want to pass off everyone right away. So I don't think they'll go with red. I've seen the mock ups for red tails, and it's great. It's perfect. It's the same R. You use the same R and everything. Yeah. But they're gonna try to go like like red, white, and blue. Like you know, like kind of like uh, kind of like the replacements. They're gonna do that, like a red, white, and blue team. I think they're gonna. I don't know. I think they're gonna go. Um, I know that there's like there's there's like uh, people already started buying up trademarks for all these different teams that could possibly take over the name of um, the Redskins. But honestly, I have no clue what they're gonna do. I really don't know. I have no idea. I I, I didn't want to like because Red Tails would work perfectly. But then you're gonna have like fifty or more percent of the country like pissed off again, and then they're worried about the green, the color green. That that's the one that matters most. It sucks, but that's the truth. Uh, with the Indians, Cleveland Indians, I think they should um, not the spiders, but like just start over again with a brand new thing. And again, I don't have an answer to it, but I think they're gonna try to erase everything and just start over again at the beginning of something new. Same with the Redskins. I don't trust the. Uh, I don't trust Snyder. I don't trust him. I have no idea. Hey, FedEx is the ones who prompted him. Maybe uh, the Washington Feds. There you go. Yeah, I've heard that one. But I, I I disagree with the um color change. Like I like their colors. It's it's um it's very um uh unique to to them because a lot of teams have like red, white, and blue and stuff, and I think it's like oh. overdone. But that maroon, the maroon and gold, like that's a nice color and it's a, a good jumping off point oh no 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 i i didn't say to change the color i meant like no nah, you, you said they would you thought they would no, but i think if no, they no, no, did like, i don't, like, I, don't, don't I mean like i mean like they could but like i don't think they should um yes. but you can't make a of course it's washington it's i know they play somewhere else but it's washington dc you can't do red white and blue because that's been you know giants you have the patriots but i meant like how can you keep the beautiful that's the only team that has that maroon and all that and the, and the gold, mm-hmm. yellow, and, and have, like, an American thing. So, uh, and then you can't do the Warriors because that's also a connotation of, like, Native American stuff, but, like, I guess it's in a negative way and people own the rights to it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I think we should just keep going and talking about it. And Oh, and I just thought it of – um, It can't be any worse than the Bobcats. Come on. I thought of a uh, – before we end it. I thought of a dark a dark horse name for the the Cleveland team, the Cleveland Wild Things. Yes, I'm glad you brought up fun. I mean, it sounds like a minor league team, but hey, like you know, you can have fun yeah. with it. That's that's like a dark horse. How you feel about yeah. that? How you feel about that, Joel? 
That was good right there. Like Major League. Ah, I, I, forgot about, oh yeah, I forgot about Charlie Sheen. I forgot about Charlie Sheen. And then they can make the ball. You blow it. They'll blow it in the ninth. And then they, they whatchamacallit, they could use the ball with the sunglasses and the mohawk as the logo. Like, that, 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 that would be an interesting thing. Yeah. So, only thing about Cleveland I love is Major League 1 and 2. And part three is okay. There's nothing I love about Cleveland. So <laughs> you like the movie? I've been, I've been yeah, I love the movie. I've been there. Uh, I've been there one time, and it it was like weird. Uh, right, so we, we'll we'll end off with that. Like basically, um, with social media, there's gonna be people talking, and then like one name will pop up, <clears> and <throat> they'll run with it. But I have no idea. Like they're definitely, it's definitely gonna change in the next two years. Definitely, because you cannot recover from this, especially in, like, the uh, majority. It's uh, pretty much – I always say it's, like, 75% change and then 25%. So, like, 50% – I'm trying to think. Well, yeah, like, 75% of the people in, in America are probably, like, change name. All right. So, we uh, – you guys are familiar with the beautiful um, American uh, Olympic skier Lindsey Vaughn, right? Vaguely, yeah. Oh wait, like, I, I know her because I know her because like you said, she's beautiful. But like, yeah. I don't watch skiing. Olympics, so. Yeah, yeah. W- what were you gonna say, Mike? We uh, so also, also aside from the uh, Washington football uh, NFL team and the Cleveland Indians, uh, in the Canadian Football League, Edmonton Eskimos okay. are uh, are being pressured once again to as uh people who don't know cfl pretty much they look like the is, their logo is the packers uh they play in edmonton which is like the west coast of uh of uh, north america they they released a press they had a press release and basically they were saying that they went with like the 2000-ish uh redskins um press release where they're saying that that hey they're not offended so why are we going to change our name Inuit, the Inuit population is, aren't offended. So basically, it's not just NFL. It's not just uh, American sports. It's also like North America and elsewhere. All right. So Lindsey's Vaughn posts a question on Twitter. So we're going to discuss that next. All right, everybody. Uh, so recently, uh, Lindsey Vaughn posted a tweet. And it was a very generic tweet. It was just about asking uh, her fans and followers uh, how they felt about interracial relationships. Siobhan, uh, Shug. Yeah. You sent me that tweet. I saw the tweet myself, but then you sent me the tweet and you asked me what I thought about it. Yeah, I thought, and, we, uh, I thought we'd talk about it because I actually responded to the tweet and like told a little story. Uh, well, I responded how I felt about it and I, I responded with a little story of my own. Lindsey Vaughn, if, if uh, you know, listeners aren't familiar, uh, she was an Olympic skier. Um, she was actually married to a gentleman named Thomas Vaughn. I think he's also an Olympian too. Yeah, uh, Alpine's, Alpine skier. That's like their like title in the Olympics. Yeah, and they were married from 2007 to 2013. So, and I, he, he was white. And from since then, as far as we know, like she's been with black men. She was with Tiger Woods. 
I don't recall his his name, but he's a positions coach for the uh, Los Angeles Rams, and previously to that, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was a black man, and now she's with PK Subban, who's a um black hockey player. So the last three relationships or public relationships she's had since she's been divorced have been with black men. So I guess that's that's why she asked the question, especially with the things that are going on in the country. Because, you know, if you're in a relationship, in an interracial relationship, a lot of the topics in today's uh, news are very polarizing and you start to see a different view of your partner. So going forward, it's always been a taboo subject and it's something I've always been like fascinated with because... Uh, just to answer her question, how do I feel about it? I think they're fine as long as it's not a relationship built on the fetishizing of the of either person. Like, you know, you're just a white girl that loves black dudes and you like thugs and, you know, the myths about black men. And if you're a, a black man, you know... Um, you don't just simply like white girls because you hate black women and, you know, you're trying to um, basically uh, beat the man by, you know, hooking up with, you know, white women. If it's not relationships based on that, if it's just based on like, you know, you just simply gravitating to somebody and you vibing with somebody and they just happen to be of a different race. It's, it's awesome because, you get to learn about different people's culture because you're not going to find somebody that has the exact same life experiences and cultural experiences as you. So if you mix those together, it starts to open up a lot of different people's minds and the story. And and I don't feel like you should box yourself in, in finding that right person because your parents told you like not to bring like someone that's not your race home or don't marry somebody not of your race and you, you know, not to mix and stuff like that. And the story I wanted to tell, I'm gonna try to tell it quickly is that I had lived in the Virgin Islands, uh, St. Thomas for the first um, four or five years of my life. And then a hurricane hit and I had to move to Atlanta, Georgia. And now, in the Virgin Islands, it's predominantly black. The only time you'd really see uh, white folk is, uh, you know, people that, you know, a very few people that were local that moved there from the States and probably wanted to live out like their um, Jimmy Buffett, uh, Margarita, like Margaritaville um, fantasies. And white he, shirt and all that? Yeah. And people, uh, tourists, people coming off the cruise ships and stuff like that. So I wasn't used to the racial aspects as far as like black and white. And then I moved to Atlanta and I went to kindergarten and first grade there. And I lived with my father and my aunt and my class, you know, I was one of maybe like three black people in the class. So that was like, kind of like, shocking to me or 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 a different type of experience to me and 
before I got on a bus um, in kindergarten, like my father told me, um, all right, you know, go ahead, have fun, go to school. Um, just don't bring like a white girl home. And I, I can't remember because it was like 25 years ago. I don't remember if he said it like jokingly or if he was like being dead ass. But, you know, I just remember that I was like five years old and I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. And, you know, like, you know, for some boys, I don't know how it was for you guys, but, you know, for some boys, it takes a while for you to, you know, look at the opposite sex in like a romantic way. But for me, like, as soon as I could start talking, like, I, I always like, you know, had, you know, I always like women. And I always like had crushes on women or, or was kind of like the romantic guy. So fast forward to me being in school and I don't know if it was based on, um, you know, what my, maybe it, it subconsciously was ingrained in my head. Uh, what my, my, my dad said, because, you know, when you're a kid, you know, if you don't explain things to children, but you just tell them not to, they're still going to try it anyways. Um, yeah. Like, why, why not to? Let me find out. Yeah, like, you know, like, if you just tell me not to touch the stove, if I've never touched the stove before, um, you know, I'm going to touch it. And, but if you tell me, like, listen, if you touch that stove, like, it's going to be hot, you're going to burn yourself, you could really hurt yourself, you're going to be crying, you're going to be in pain, I would stay, to walk, stay away from it. So it also goes into, so, so with that being said, like, it also goes into that whole, like, you know, don't bring a white girl home thing. There's never really like a, a solid uh, reasoning for it. They just tell you not to, and they just tell you to don't. And I actually, my my first crush, as far as um from movies and stuff like that, I've told Mike um uh, before, Michelle Tanner, uh the the Olsen twins, and then uh Christina Ritchie was like a, a big crusher one of my first crushes also uh might have been before the Olsen twins actually because I used to watch Adam's Family um values a lot when I was a kid mm -hmm. so all of these are like white girls and I was on a bus for whatever reason I think like the bus drivers didn't like one of the bus drivers didn't come so they ended up like mixing two of the buses into one bus and making it one route so for a lot of kids you're not realizing what's going on. They took a longer and kind of um, unfamiliar route. So there was this girl like on the row across from me, she's crying. And because, you know, she, she thinks like she got on the wrong bus or whatever. So I like comforted her. And eventually from that, like she became like my first crush and she was white. And Growing up here in New York, like you, yeah, there's a lot of mixing with blacks and, and um, Hispanics. Uh, as you can see, one of my best friends uh, on here with us is, is Hispanic. So a lot of the girls I would mess with, you know, growing up were Spanish. And then me and Joel went to an all boys school in high school. So I never really, I never really like dated in high school because we never really had like regular interaction with, with girls. Then I went to college, and I went to college in a small Pennsylvania town, um, a suburb of Pittsburgh, and there were only, like, 
off the like just a rough estimate there was maybe like 25 like black people and that's like spread across all four years and 18 of them were dudes and like the seven would be females and like two of those seven would be like uh universally attractive not like attractive for black girls just attractive for like everybody so if you had to to keep that oh like i want to like just be with like i could only be with black girls i can't mess with like nobody outside of my race like you'd have to compete with 17 other dudes for those two chicks and imagine if one or if not both of those two chicks already had like boyfriends it, it, it's even not much so so a lot of the girls i would talk to and hook up with were white and I know for sure uh one girl I actually tried to like come on to me I would see like black dudes of all different like sizes and ugly like um I'm gonna pause myself on this ugly or good looking black dudes uh muscular skinny fat like all of these dudes you would see like repeatedly walking in and out of this girl's room and me and the guys we used to get together and play Madden in the in the common room like the tv lounge and she came up to me one time and she was just like oh like sure you think you could teach me like you could tell she was wondering oh sure could you teach me how to play Madden like you know she didn't want to fucking know how to play Madden so you know I knew it was like an easy like layup to like thing thing to, to to mess with her but I just couldn't because I was just like I don't, I don't want to just like be just like a black dick to her I just like I want if somebody's gonna want to be interested in me I want them to be interested in me and if I'm gonna be interested in somebody like I'm gonna be interested in them so that was always like my attitude towards interracial relationships I never really had like a preference but a lot of people I know Joel used to say the same thing like I like like white girls I just like pretty women the only thing I have a a preference for is just size. And I feel comfortable saying that because I know a lot of, I know a few dudes, like if you told them you could have Zendaya or you could have Lizzo, they would pick Lizzo. So don't mm-hmm. think I'm fat shaming or saying like, for, you know, uh, big women are not beautiful or anything. I'm just saying I'm not attracted to them. Um, unfortunately for me. That's your thing. And that's okay. Yeah. We're, here for, we're here to talk about it. Everybody we're here to has talk a about it. Preference. Yeah, I can go with this. You you mentioned like earlier on, like uh, I didn't gonna go that far back, but so uh, I grew up in the Bronx, but like my neighborhood uh, was more more just like white Irish Italian, and in our uh, Catholic school, there like there would be like only a couple of people of color like every year, and. Uh, I, but like going way back, I was always infatuated with women. I just was shy, and um, me too, brother. Just, <laughs> so, but then like um, later on, like sixth grade, seventh grade, a uh, young woman came in. A young lady, not a young woman. What am I talking about? Uh, so, someone uh, every year there was like more people coming in that were from the neighboring neighborhood. So basically, um, even though we were in the Bronx, it was like pretty much segregated. And it was like a, a, a you know what I'm talking about, right? There's a highway in between it. Mike, you was living, you was living a Bronx tale. 
I'm in the Bronx tail. <laughs> I used to drive backwards on my power wheel. I'd be like, uh, you know, if she doesn't lift up your power wheel, you know, that'll thing. So basically like, um, paper, like I hung out with a lot of the girls that were from over there. And one of them was actually Dominican and she liked me for some reason. I don't know why. Like, I guess I was a cute boy. I was a cutie. And, um, so I hung out with her one time and it was me and my other best friend that I'm so best friends with today. My old, my, my longest best friend. She goes, Hey, you want to walk me home? I'm like, yes. And I'm walking home. And then like, we go near like the bridge that goes to the other neighborhood. I'm like, uh, you live over here. <laughs> She's like, yeah, why? What's that? Why is that a problem? And I'm like, Oh no, no, no. I'll walk. So then I walk and in, walk into the other neighborhood. And right there is like a thing from the fifties or sixties. And this is like, like 2000. I was like, but, uh, that was one thing where like, I realized, Oh yeah, there's a, there's like a, there's a, there's a difference. Like, like for some reason there's like a thing. That's a, one of the early things, uh, about that affected me. Um, after that though, I, I've only been in like one as an adult, like one relationship over the last like six years. And, uh, she's like Europe, you know, she's like Italian, Irish, but, um, I've never been in a situation where I actually have like an actual significant other or a, or a um, like an actual girlfriend from uh, uh, like a like a interracial. I never actually had one. It was always just just simple like dating and all that stuff. But so I don't have that much of an experience with it. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's also like uh, I, I would date in New York City, which is kind of like. A different thing than the rest of of America, but um, so like Joel, do you have any uh, experiences with this? Because uh, basically everything with me is just uh, hanging out, and there, there, you know, I always lean towards more um, not not me, like not. I always went in a different way. But Joel, how about you? With me, I'm never like I grew up in in the Heights, Harlem. Bronx like I have never been around a white girl honestly for more than I want to say two hours honestly unless like you know when me and Shaban will go out to bars that's the only time honestly but when I go home school rarely even because I didn't go to college like I went to City College in the you know, in Brooklyn but there wasn't really many white girls there either so even at school so I'm not just familiar with honestly like any white girls it's just for me, black, Spanish, that's it. But I have no problem with interracial relationships at all. Like, I guess you could say, like, my girlfriend now is black. And I guess you can say that's kind of interracial. I mean, I'm Hispanic, even though racially I still consider myself black. But, you know, the ethnicity Hispanic, I speak Spanish is a little, you know, that's like the, the, cultural difference that's the ethnicity difference so I, some people would say that's interracial I have no problem with like you know what's her name Lindsay Vaughn but yeah. she was saying you know she was married to a white guy once obviously it didn't turn out right they divorced and now she's dating black guys and it's fine for her uh what's um Halle Berry she's married to a white guy but she was dealing with a lot of black guys who did her dirty so now yeah, she just, yeah. she's married to a white guy so it happens it, it is mm -hmm. what it is you find your, you're supposed to just find your peace maker, your, your, your love match, period. It doesn't matter who it is, like the color of the skin mm -hmm. or anything. So I, I have no problem with interracial relationships. Like, go ahead, say whoever you want. 
I think the bigger question is like, of course, you feel this way, mm-hmm. but um, there's exter- external forces coming at you. So how do you re- how do you react to others who have different mindset than you? It's like you, you, have, you have no issue on this. But me as a, just me, period. As a you know? like just me, I don't care what other people think. Cause like it's like uh, Shug said, like when it comes to like preference i have no problem with anyone's preference me like shabam said i don't like fat girls i don't like big girls like i don't care I, i'm blunt as hell with it i don't <laughs> care what people say it's just not for me i'm sorry somebody out there is gonna love you it's not gonna be me, be me. <laughs> yeah. like i'll be your friend i'll be i'm not I'm gonna i'm not gonna be an asshole i'm not gonna be like treat you like you're uh, you know beneath me or nothing i'm just not gonna date you and that's perfectly fine I, that's uh... my preference my my girlfriend like my i've been with her pretty much not i don't know but like pretty much six years she goes you like big white girls and you like skinny black girls and i go what (laughs) (laughs) that's what she said i was like oh okay you're right okay that's who i've been with i've been with more you know like curvaceous whatever and then yes i like uh you know that's what i've been with that's pretty much um, like how is it? If I was to say that like build my dream girl right now, she doesn't exist. Like it's impossible. Like yeah. she just does not exist. So it's like, like and mind oh, you, my standards when I was younger, my standards was way too high. I admit the only thing that I haven't changed is like mental standards. Like that hasn't changed. But when it comes to like physical standards, how a girl looks, I really had to like humble myself honestly because I'm not that. I'm not like the most good looking dude in the world like i'm skinny as hell you know what i mean i used to be a twink whoa 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 <laughs> i used to be a, twink. To be a, tw- a heterosexual twink that i started working out then i became a little chubby little dude so then uh you know what i mean but um you know what i mean though but basically like what i was trying to say <laughs> yeah please like... provide context for that, please <laughs> all right twink you could be a hetero twink uh no but like um i was always like not insecure but like um i was like you know i didn't have like muscles and stuff like that so then i started working out mm-hmm. and then i started more girls started like coming at me and um i just found out that you know i honestly was you know um i have a, a certain type yeah but so it's not, it's not physical though it's like not a physical type so you were more of a tweener i think that's what you want to <laughs> I've been skinny my whole life. It's like you present present an innocent, an interesting case, Mike, because I don't know what they would call you. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what you are. No, Dennis Reynolds. I don't know what you are. But like when Joel says, like, um, if you built like your perfect girl, like for me, like it's always been. um, I've gravitated towards dark hair and glasses and the face would be um light and it would be dark it would be in between like the different women i, I would you know i i'd you know be attracted to and then when mike says um the external forces i think you're, you're referring to like people looking at you a certain way like society you know mm-hmm. your your parents or your friends or your family and stuff like that and people I don't even know you strangers on the street looking at you walking around with like somebody of a different race um it's interesting because I have two stories um I can't remember his name off the top of my head but the guy that plays Ghost on 
power. I do remember because I used Omari to read Omari Hardwick. I could not remember his name from anything. So, my so he's married to a white woman and she has like dark hair and her hair is cut short. So she kind of stereotypically looks like a, um, like what some would say, like a lesbian. So people were like insulting her and insulting him on like black websites about her looks and he had to come outside and and defend it because he had to come outside and defend her because that's his woman that's his woman and that's the mother of his children and then another person uh mike coulter who played luke cage he was married he's married to a white woman and he was catching a lot of heat there because you know when i i always find it interesting when it comes to like black men and white women and white uh, white men and black women, there's always like a difference in how they're received by either group, um, especially in a black community. Like I, I see like if a black man is with like a white woman, they catch a lot of criticism as opposed to when a black woman is with a white man. Like if you look at like Venus, um, is is it Venus or Serena? Whichever one's married to the um guy for oh. Reddit. Like oh, everybody yeah. hypes up like stuff that she does and their relationship. And then you look at Meghan Markle and um Harry, uh, they hype that up. But if uh Michael B. Jordan was to start dating like Brie Lawson or Taylor Swift or something like that, like all you know, black men and black women would criticize him and say, oh, like he's a sellout, he's this and he's that. They already criticizing yeah. him though, because he, yeah. he went on record saying he doesn't like he dates white girls and they hate that. Yeah, he can't and, stand it. Yeah, but um, well, with with Mike Coulter, before before I let you go, Mike, like he is with a white woman, and he he said like you know she when he was you know becoming an actor and studying acting, like she was supporting him and basically holding him down, and he he basically said you know. Any woman that does that for him would have been his wife. It just so happened that this woman was white. And that's what I mean by you can't box yourself in. You got like whoever you vibe with and whoever wants you and whoever loves you and whoever supports you and cares for you, that's who you should be with. And you shouldn't box yourself in by race. Because if you say like, all right, you're supposed to be with a black woman um, as opposed to a white one, I could say you could be saying to me and and Joel like, all right, like you, if you're, if it came down to the choice of like Candace Owens, who's a anti-black black woman, um, and is very has supports a lot of racist views against black people, even though she is black, as opposed to like Taylor Swift, who has like been very supportive of Black Lives Matter, been very supportive of like LGBT and pride people and has been very like um, open-minded and liberal. So if I, if, if like you told me I had to choose one out of those two people, you're telling me I have to choose the person I literally says she hates uh, black men and the one that um, basically comes up with that, that says that every time a black man gets killed by the police, like he deserves it and there's a reason uh, he deserves it, as opposed to Taylor Swift, who's saying, like, you know, screw that. Like, take down these Confederate um, statues in my home state of um, Tennessee 
and Black Lives Matter and uh, let's support our LGBTQ um, brothers and sisters. You know, like, it's, it's just a weird uh, dichotomy because you're just looking at people's outward appearance and not you're not looking at the inward appearance. Yeah, so um, going back to that, like, we weren't, like, actually, like, like in a relationship but it was it went on for like a year and a half on and off just like because we said that we were just leaving college it was like uh early 2000s oh 2010s and um obviously i was white and she was black and everything and like i hung out i went there and everything and like it never really came up like i wasn't sure it, it would probably come up if you got more serious so i don't want i have never been in a serious relationship but I've been with, you know, and uh, I went to people's houses and stuff. And they're like, oh, this is Mike. And they're like, oh, hey, what's up, Mike? And uh, I never really got uh, any weird, like, like reaction from me being there. Um, so it's weird. I don't know. Like, uh, I wish I had a dramatic story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. I, I maybe because I'm the man. If I was, if I was a woman in in, in the situation, maybe. But uh, I guess, and I was just like, we 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 still would have been friends now. But uh, I'm a man. Yeah. So, things other things happen, and it had nothing to do with race. <laughs> so that's all I'm saying. But uh, yeah, so um, I don't know. Like, I think it's more important. Um, it's more important how, at a whole, how everyone feels about it because I have a different viewpoint on it. So. I'm glad that I heard uh, Shogu's uh, whole uh, college experience because we, we've talked about it before, but college is a microcosm of America. Um, you went away to almost like middle America, pretty much like in the Pennsylvania. And uh, you got a nice little uh, dose of America. Yes. And, uh, yes. So I went to college in, I went to Hunter College in Manhattan uh, I was literally the only white man in every class, white boy, whatever you want to say. Um, so that was a that was a, one of the greatest experiences ever of feeling. I know I can never actually feel this way, like to the ultimate experience of uh, being like the only one in a classroom. But I did get a, I did feel like I was like you know okay, I'm the only one here. Um, I, I learned a lot more about other people's experiences and everything. I hung out with a lot of people and I think for the, I felt uh, I got the most out of college because I was like pretty much the only one who was, I consider myself me, you know, so, and then, you know, I dated, but I didn't really get a relationship with, but that was it. All my relationships, even situationships been with other Dominicans and black African-Americans. That's how I never even had a combo with a white girl for more than two hours. And I'm almost 30. I'll be 30 next month. And that's crazy. Well, Joel, like the Washington Heights, it's the same where I grew up, where it was only like, it's like 90% Irish. And then half the Irish are from there or my, me, I'm like third or third generation Irish, like full Irish, uh, all from the Bronx, like New York Bronx people. But, you know, that's how neighborhoods were set up in, in New York City, you know, and then, you know, well, I said in the Heights, it was DR. It wasn't New York. It was Dominican Republic. That's 
when I was growing up in Washington Heights. It was Dominican Republic. Exactly. So, like, and that's then, all I grew up around. Yeah. I I know like all these like slang from like Ireland and stuff that and I'm not freaking Irish I'm a New York guy but like I know I know all the slang like and uh like slagging you are you slagging me off she's like I'm you slagging me off that's a freaking uh British Isle thing but uh that's why like it's special about New York for better or for worse but um so like every like you know every culture has their own thing but then I know people that have you know moved around and um we still live in the neighborhood, but then like, they have like uh, black husbands and black wives and stuff. Like it's changing. I think that it's all about personality as well. But the, my final thought is that it's the external. The way you feel is different than how the rest of the external forces like coming at you make you feel about your relationship. You know, like Lindsey Vaughn. Like go back to Lindsey Vaughn. She sent the tweet out because of everything that's going on. Unless month especially and um oh but what her fans think and the rest of the public because i guess it's important um because when you're in your own world you don't realize what other people are thinking and this whole episode is basically about how the whole nation is feeling and it might be different than yours you feel one way so basically she was looking to find out uh, what they thought you know, because it's a bit, it's, it's, it's a huge, it's just, the United States is a huge, it's a continent, you know, it's like a huge, you know, huge country and everything, you know. Yeah. About sugar. And I just want to, um, end with this, um, little anecdote as far as to just, because how we talked about the, um, the, the friends and the family, um, and society around a interracial couple uh, I, I remember it was in like the early 2000s. I think it was Dr. Phil or one of those um, talk shows. And there was a guy, he was like a white supremacist, couldn't stand anybody that wasn't white and uh, hated black people to the point that it estranged him from his daughter. So his, he, you know, his estranged daughter uh, met and married and had a child with a black man and she basically felt that you know what like she would be doing a disservice to her daughter by not at least giving the grandfather the opportunity to know her or her grandparents to know her and the situation you know that brought him and his daughter back together and reformed their relationship and it actually changed his view, um, his, his white supremacist views because he's like, how can I hate black people? And my granddaughter is black and I can't hate this beautiful little creature. So he cut off ties with his racist buddies and basically abandoned his, his racist views. And I don't think, you know, that's, that's like, uh, common or you know like a a, a basically a, um remedy to the country's ills like i'm not saying like all right like white men give us a, your daughters and we're gonna cure racism that type of thing but it just shows you how the coming together of the races it it, it breeds a lot of empathy and compassion that wasn't there before and on the other side of it there's there's also 
situations where the grandparents don't even would be like, all right, well, you know, my do- my granddaughter's black, so therefore it's not my granddaughter. But it's just interesting how that, that works out. And me being a person of, you know, I'm an eighth Pakistani, I'm half black, half Indian. I'm from the Virgin Islands um, by way of the British Virgin Islands and Trinidad. So obviously, and I'm from the Bronx, I'm from New York. Um, I'm all these different things. So already that in of itself lets me know that whoever my future partner is, like, I know she won't be um, exactly those things. If it, if it is, that would probably be like a one in a million type of things. And by the way, these two are in relationships, but I'm very much single. So if you are listening, please, my DMs are open. That's a clap. I always watch the porno. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, I'm back in a relationship now. There was a time where um, we'll get into that another time. We'll talk it's about ups and uh, downs. Ups and downs. I said six years, not in a row. Shout out, Jackie, uh, if you're listening. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. All right. So uh, this was a good episode. Uh, we talked about a lot of things, uh, a lot of similar themes. But with uh, Mad Men, um, Mad Men is one of many shows that are under the microscope of projecting racial imagery. Mad Men opted to show a disclaimer. Other shows opted to pull entire episodes off of their streaming service in their in their season log. I look back at Simpsons. And the Simpsons pulled um, Michael Jackson shows off, and uh, they pulled 9/11 shows off that are related to 9/11. And James L. Brooks said, um, "I know fans are upset that you can't watch a show this episode on our streaming services, but we created it. We are the ones who created the episode. We have full control. Um, I'm sorry you feel this way, but this is what we're gonna do because we are still in control. It's not just out there in the public." Now that with the streaming service, we can actually bring things in. That's basically what I'm saying with like in future episodes and future shows. I don't think that's going to be an issue because I think people are going to be thinking about other things now. They're, they're not going to, they're going to keep this in mind before they actually create the episode. Uh, with the franchises, the uh, NFL, MLB, and CFL franchises that are um, bringing up uh racial um like like the redskins and we have the indians and then the eskimos all are considered uh offensive to the native people i think that in about a year things are going to change uh they're going to go with a compromise like 50 50 where it's not going to be uh even though it sounds great the red tails it's not going to happen they're going to do something very ultra patriotic that's like non-denomination. It's just like just random. That's how I feel. And with uh, biracial dating, um, I you know, I I I, I appreciated hearing Shug Shug's uh, stories and Joel's stories. Uh, I have my own stories, but uh, I know people that they're in marriages now, and they have children. And they live in the same place I lived, but uh, in the same neighborhood. 
but in my neighborhood, I think it's th things are different now. I think um, hopefully they're different. I know during uh, the last month, they didn't improve that. But I think a lot of those people that were saying things that were a lot of racist things that they weren't actually from there. They were just like living there at, at the time. So uh, basically, I appreciate conversations like this and I, I'm happy that I'm involved in this show because we're going to go into episode 10 next and I'm excited for the future. Joel, your final thoughts? Just on really on the Redskins, Indians, it's about time. Like I said, it's just the Redskins is just racist at this point. It's obvious. And it, the longer they wait, honestly, the more you could tell just the whole organization is racist. So it's like, all right, you don't want to change your name. Just, just get rid of the whole team now. And I bet you they'll probably try to change the name then. It's like, just get rid of the whole team at this point. And as far as uh, Lindsey Vaughn, like, like I said before, I've personally never really been around that many white girls to even form a friendship or relationship with, but that won't stop me from trying. Like, just because I'm not white doesn't mean I wouldn't, like, want to know a white girl. It's just I've never been around them that long. I've never had the opportunity to even speak to them. But to each his own, everyone has their own preference. People just need to stop being upset at other others' preference. Like, like everyone swears they're dateable. Everyone swears that, you know, they're the best. And until, like, someone doesn't want them and then it's a whole uproar. Like, just relax. Everyone has their own preference. Yeah, so as far as uh, the Madman episode goes, I think Donald Trump said the other day that, you know, with taking down the Confederate monuments and even the monuments of, say, George um, Washington and Thomas Jefferson, who were all slave owners, you know, you're trying to erase history. Uh, I don't think it's trying to erase history. It's just not to celebrate it. Um, if you provide context to these things and provide reasons as to why they should not be celebrated, then sure, they, they could remain. Um, in the same way, uh, Roger Sterling in blackface in that part of old um, Kentucky home was used. It's used to highlight the ignorance of the era. It's not to be celebrated. Like, I don't think anyone who watches that scene could, you know, say, oh, wow, like he's doing blackface. We should bring that black back. It looks fun. It's not done in our way. It's just showing how foolish the affluent were. Um, during that era, like the every man during the 60s, um, every day, the, the every man blue collar white person uh, would look down to different races for whatever reason during that era. Like, especially if you were a wasp, like you would look down upon blacks, you would look down upon Italians, you would look down upon the Irish. Uh, so it, it's just highlighting what the affluent people of that era thought. Uh, and the whole show is a satire um, about the era. It's not glamorizing it in, in the very least. Because if you're watching episodes of Mad Men and you're like, wow, like I want that to come back. Like um, the only thing on Mad Men that I've seen that I'm like, wow, I wish we could do that is like 
these guys having like the the liquor cabinet in the in the offices and like just taking drinks at like ten o ten o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like that's the only thing from that show. I'm like, oh, I wish like that could come back. Um, oh, good lord! Yeah, that's the, great. The um team names um really, what do you have to lose? At this point, like you're in a losing battle as it is because a vast majority of people are are letting you know, and I think a lot of it has to do with us young people, like um us millennials and whatever this generation is that is behind us. Like the other day, I think a whole bunch of like teenage like K-pop fans like bought up um all the tickets. So that Trump's um, rally in Tulsa was like really like empty. So the future generation gets it. So um, when you're in, when you're these teams and you're these franchises, your overall like mission is to cultivate new fans uh, amongst the young people. And if the young people are walking to the stadium and it's like, why do they have like a Native American man as their logo? And like, dad like i don't understand you're like a redskins fan but like why is the team named the redskins like that just seems odd like there's no teams called like the white skins there's a famous that documentary we saw that it was they said it pretty bluntly the new york n-words remember yeah but that was uh, that was a fake alternate history i know that but i'm like that that is just you know that could be just as jarring you know to some people that are not that you know just shocking yeah, yeah, so, yeah so, like the saying Redskin now sounds like, oh man. Like, what's saying in this episode is just, it's just odd. Yeah, we but, talked a lot. We talked a lot about, we talked a lot today about a lot of things that are uh, sensitive. But we talked about it. And uh, that's the whole point is to talk about it. And don't be afraid to bring things up unless you're a piece of shit, you know? <laughs> don't. But yeah, but like, I had, a, I, I really enjoyed, uh, discussing everything we talked about and um and th- this is obviously going to keep going on th- throughout the summer and there'll be updates yeah and then um with the interracial relationship just to um provide some context because we've basically just talked about it being like black and white and obviously interracial relationships don't even start and end with those two races because you know my mom is Indian and my father is black. You could be talking about Asian men and black women, Asian women and black men, all types of different combinations of people. But like my, my main idea of it is just, you know, you shouldn't box yourself in. Like if you look at somebody and you're like, wow, that's like a pretty attractive person. Like, and then you talk to them and then you realize like you guys are vibing and your personalities match and like you're interested in them. It shouldn't matter um, what their um, outward appearance is because um, you're, you're learning about that person. I think that's where a lot of the issues um, in society as far as racism um, bigotry, homophobia, all these things come from, it's just like, we don't get to know each other as people. And looking, looking at the, you know, I, I said it in the last episode, you know, the, 
you know, accepting people for the content of their character and not the color of their skin or their sexuality or their religion, any type of differences you have. I think if we get together and you start getting to know different cultures, you start to appreciate them, you start to have compassion for them, you start to have empathy, and it works both ways. And that's why I say in in a way that, you know, they, they get compassion and empathy and stuff for you as well. And that's why I say, like, it shouldn't be these uh, these interracial relationships are fine by me, and I think they're awesome, as long as it's not, like, a fetishized a fetishized type of thing. You you just like oh I oh I like like the the I like Asian women, you know. I like a la carte. Like a yeah, la carte exactly. Bullshit. Like you you basically um deciding where you're having like dinner at like, and you know, I've seen a lot of situations like a lot of guys would have posted um like their child's you know, a black man who had a baby with like a white woman, like they'd post uh, messages that the child's mother would send them saying like, oh, like, why did you braid my daughter's hair? I don't like that hair. I don't like, I don't want her hair to look like that. And it's like, well, you had a child with like a black man. Like you should be open to her having, to the child having like, you know, a black hairstyle. Like they are black. They are just as much black as they are white. Like, you should have known that when y'all laid down together. But then you have to deal with uh, the opposite end, where if someone who is half black, now they have to deal with the whole burden of acting a certain way. Oh, you're not white. You know, like, even they're just acting, they're just being who they are. But then they have to be, they have to deal with the whole thing of, like, no, that's not, that's not black. You're not, you're, you're not white. You're black. Now they can't act, act white, you know? And like true, true story. I didn't even realize I was like a mixed race, uh, biracial child until like I was maybe like thirteen or fourteen. High school. Um. Yeah. Middle school. High school. Because like I used to always get questions, especially when I moved, um, to the states. Um. Oh, where are you from? Hmm. And stuff like that and people would always like assume that people from the Virgin Islands looked like me like how a mixed um person would look so it seemed normal to me to to be different but I never thought of myself I always thought I was raised to be black more than anything like you know I grew up but at the same time like I grew up watching like Indian music uh, movies and listening to Indian music um you know, our old co-worker, uh, where we used to work, Mike, like, I would tell her, we sometimes we would talk about, like, Indian culture. Yeah. But all of this, like I said, I, it was new to me as a biracial child, like, when I was, like, 13 or 14, because I always thought of myself as black. I never thought of myself as black and Indian. So that's a, another, another thing, if you're in an interracial relationship and an interracial marriage and you have biracial children, that you also have to be mindful of that's true yeah and i the same person we would talk about things and because i'm because i'm irish i had the crown you know the whole like talking about different like like cricket and shit like that i knew things about cricket and shit that most other people wouldn't know about you know it's things that were not in america but in other 
you know so it's not well i don't want to be uh i want to i don't want to end off on a uh a uh, cliche, but it's not all black and white. Yeah, as a joke though, but it is it is uh, very complex. That it's obviously it's not going to change like overnight. It's generational, like we always say, and uh, I think more people like us to get the next generation going, and then it keep going and going and going. You know, yeah. Another thing too, we're millennials, like we. Like any, honestly, anybody who's a millennial, like if you're still even a little bit like racist or prejudiced, like cut it out, like get with the program, mm-hmm. like cut it out. No, the whole thing is that. Like, what are you talking about? You're um, they are um, they're like, well, I can't think of the word, but like they're like, not closet, like cloistered. Or, they're like they don't have they didn't don't have enough experience in the world. Once you get the, the yeah, they're sheltered. They're too sheltered. Sheltered, right? yes, yeah. sheltered. Okay, sheltered. But uh, yeah, I, I'm just like me being a millennial. I know how to do. I know how to use the computer. Like we're blessed to have like technology, do research, do our own research. That's when I know. That's what I've done. And your even phone, though like, your, I don't know, phone, you know you can whip out your phone and look up Google at any point. It ain't even like you got a go to a library and like open a book exactly. and search for things these days we millennials we got smartphones and then, you could do your research and we That's talk funny. about native american um people none of us here are native american but we can listen we have listened to them and we've seen them and we've learned of the history of like the atrocity uh that was like manifest destiny and taking land away from these people mm-hmm. and we use that to um, influence our views. So that's why when a situation like, you know, talking about the um, team names and the mascots and stuff like that being offensive, um, we could speak about it like um, from a educated point because we listen to people. And that's what I think a lot of, um, a, a lot of things that's wrong with society is is that we don't listen to each other and we don't try to learn from each other and have like open dialogue. Yeah, it's all about compromise too, but now there's no compromise anymore. Cause if you give any if you give an inch, they're gonna take a fucking mile. Also with the Native American uh culture, uh especially with like the the eastern and northeastern uh Native American tribes. Yeah. That's how we based our whole government on. My father was like a historian sort of so basically the whole structure of many of the tribes in the northeast is mm-hmm. exactly what we do now that the, the three you know the executive branch the legislative judicial is based off of native american that you know native american uh tribes and just to go off of um what joel talked about with if you're you're a millennial and you still have like these type of views um listen perhaps like six or seven years ago, like I'm a Democrat and I'm, I'm liberal. I'm not an extreme liberal, but I'm liberal. You know, if I saw somebody was like Republican and I always used to say it before, and, and this might be something we could uh, go off on, on like another episode, but I would always say like, you know, I always thought of Republicans and conservatives as just people with a different, um, opinions and different beliefs than me, but over the last couple of years with this president, 
you know, if you're following him and the things that he, he spews, like the misogyny, uh, the racism, stuff like that, if you're supporting him, like, I have to question your character. Like, the Yankees' first-round draft pick, I was, like, excited about because he looked like he could really hit. Then you come to find out, like, he's, like, a MAGA guy. And I just shared a photo with um both of you guys and with uh, my friends and family of – a uh, gentleman that I actually uh, shared a house with, with two of my other, um, with two of my best friends, like me and those, me and my two best friends, uh, we just needed a roommate. And we, um, we let this, we, we asked this guy to come and, you know, live with us in this house. And he just posted a pic of like him with like, like Trump, 2020 stuff like that and I was just like wow like this is somebody I lived with like three like black dudes and it just shows you like this ignorance is um it's not something that's that's gonna end it's like there's there's people that are like in such close proximity of you that have these views and I just I just question their moral character but the reason I said all of that is just that, you know, like it should be like an open dialogue, but I just personally feel that for as far as like the Trump thing is concerned and those kind of like ignorant and very um, incendiary like views and stuff like that, I I just can't have a dialogue with you for being accepting of those things. Right. It's not abstract. It's everyday life. Like, you know people that are thinking this way. I also, my, my final thought, my official final thought is, yeah. uh, I want to thank you guys for letting me say how I feel. That's the whole point. Like, I have my own opinion. I yeah. listen to your opinion. I respect your opinion. You respect my opinion. That's the point of uh, this, uh, this, this show. And, Joel, uh, yeah. I'm going to close off with you. You have a good time on our show, right? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, definitely. You, you are part of the first show. First of all, this is this is Mike and Shug. This is your show. I'm always just a guest here. So, like, you, I call the shots. I, oh. You know, I say my opinions when I can. That's what I'm here for. You know. I Thank you to, guys for letting me in here. I want to say that you are officially. Is this is a triumvirate now? This is a, this is a three man show now. Okay, this is official. Awesome. All right, so we ain't gonna re, we're not gonna record unless you're here, man. Cause like you're the best. Awesome. Thank you so much for yeah. Thank you. So lastly, before I end off the show, um, <laughs> as as we talked about Joel, um, being on here and being our guest, and we've had episodes where it was just uh me and Mike, and or had an episode where it was me and Joel. Like we're gonna have different people on going forward, depending on their availability. Uh, Joel's been on because he's he's been available, but it like. Mike said, you are definitely a great addition to the show. Like, you've done the theme song that you hear before and after this, and it's lovely, and I heard a lot of good feedback about it. And I always feel like this show is a better show with all three of us because it's nice to hear from two other people. It's always good to have, like, an odd number. Like, yeah, that odd number is good for combo. I I was so unsure that I get, like, uh, I have an Instagram. It's pro wrestling related, uh, and I get like one out of four or one out of five like random uh, DMs is negative. Not negative, just like like weird, like weird. 
and the rest are like, oh, I love the show, man. I'm, I don't know why it's like, it's like it should be popping up on the thing, but they're saying that they're like watching. So, because um, I have like 7,000 people and like, they say they're watching. So, I think people are into it, you know. All right, we just want to keep building our audience and and um and if anybody's listening, like we would love to hear some like feedback. Like, what do you like? I understand like people are listening and we see that people are listening, but I'd love to hear like people's comments. I've heard some from friends, but I'd, I'd love to hear from different people what what you like, what you don't like, what you think we should change, um, what things we could add, what things we should take out. As long as you're not telling uh, me to leave, and you're not telling Michael Joel to leave. <laughs> who that? Who who's that motherfucker? Who's that asshole? Like he's talking. Well, I think we should all find out getting most likely me. Well, let's let's get some guests. Maybe get some guests for uh for uh ten on. Maybe we're gonna get guests every once in a while. Maybe yeah. We'll so we we're um so Mike has a um a friend of his that's gonna come on and and we we're gonna get into to heat different topics he, and stuff yes my friend um he is he's new york um but he leans he's more like anti like pc type thing he's that type of guy so we're gonna see like any like sparks fly i don't want to become like a freaking uh talk show though yeah like, he perp he purposely does things to like piss people off he's that type of guy oh uh, antagonize so. i love i love people like that because i'm an antagonist no well what happened I like people like that because that's how I am. Like yeah. I like to, like just to draw. Like I like to play devil's advocate on purpose just to see what other people think. Yeah, he like, I might do not that. agree with anything. Yeah, I like yeah, I like doing that too. Like he won't. Well, yeah, he won't agree with like he he'd be like doing it just to like just to see what happens. But uh, our show, we can do a little more funny things. Like he's like trying to do it on purpose and like, be funny. Um, that might be a thing we could do. So we'll see that. I like him. Let's go. He's right. from uh, he's from Upper East Side. Oh, okay. So stay tuned for our 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 upcoming guests and keep listening and keep enjoying. If you enjoy and if you hate it, then uh, just listen to it with um one headphone out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, just for uh me, Shug, Mike. And Joel, aka JR Ultra. JR Ultra. I would like to say that this has been episode nine, and it's uh, the best episode nine you've probably seen in the last six months, um, as opposed to our crappy last uh, Rise of the Skywalker. But we'll get into that another day. And this has been Shug Me the Mooney. 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 All right, bye, guys.